C. Diddy, a.k.a. Tyreek Irving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. George Floyd, a.k.a. Mike Brown, a.k.a. Tamir Rice, a.k.a. Sam Du Bois, a.k.a. Timothy Thomas, and two on the phone, excuse me, on the phone is my co-host, as always. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker, a.k.a. Breonna Taylor, a.k.a. Sandra Bland, a.k.a. that little baby who is so tired of having to say their names. Um, I'm not going to hold you guys. Me and Calvin are extremely tired. And it's not even just your, like your typical creative fatigue. Like, we, we've talked about this. It's literally just almost kind of feeling like I don't know about you, Calvin, but for me, it's like a feeling of guilt, right? Because I, we do deserve entertainment. We deserve to laugh. We deserve lightheartedness. We deserve joy. We deserve peace, right? But it feels like everything feels like not the time. Like, this is more pressing. This is more. But at the same time, Black people don't deserve to have to live in a state of constantly being told that joy is gifts. Joy is a gift moments of joy or gifts instead of the way that our lives like like we're not entitled to live our lives full of joy and the moments of joy that we have are simply just gifts before we have to get back to business and we have we, we're entertaining my business is joy my business is laughter my my business is candor my business is is sharing the world parts of me that sometimes i Sometimes I share with our listeners and, and our, our loyal, loyal listeners at that. Sometimes I share things with them that I haven't even shared with my therapist yet. You know, sometimes y'all get it straight from the mm -hmm. gut. And a lot of that is lighthearted. A lot of that is being the ability to laugh with you guys and at ourselves and with you guys. And right now it's like I have this feeling of guilt that in doing that, am I taking away from the important issues that on this here platform, we have a duty to provide, or is it like we deserve a healthy distraction, escapism, so to speak? Like that's that's kind of where my head is at today. Uh, don't forget, black joy is rebellion. So we talk about joy, we talk about happiness. Black happiness is rebellion of itself. Like we have to understand the foundation in which that we were brought to this country. Like, our foundation is bullshit. Our foundation, like, a lot of us, a lot of our heritage for, a lot, for, for us starts on a, on, a, on a slave ship that was taken here. Um, right. And goes through the slavery. And then it goes through the legalized segregation, the Jim Crow era. Then it goes through... Because speaking of heavy, I'm pouring a drink right now. <laughs> You know, but I already poured up. So, but go it goes oh. through the civil rights era, and then it goes through crack cocaine in the eighties, and it goes through mass incarceration in the nineties. Like it go, like all of it, all of this goes through. So, like, um, 
this is the this is the long you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where you have to be cognizant that even during the bullshit, right? Even during the bullshit of the 2010s and 2020s, comparatively speaking, we're still in the best place we've ever been, which is a wild state, right? Like this wild. is improvement. This is improvement in some aspects. Um, again, racism it, racism hasn't gotten worse; it's gotten filmed. Um, you know, the quote that has been attributed to Will Smith: "Racism isn't getting worse; like it's getting filmed. Like this, the shit that we see with our camera phones now is the same shit that has been going on for years right. upon years upon years upon decades right. upon decades. We just haven't had the proof to be able to show people like this is what's going on." Um, I black think that joy for me is sorry. Go ahead. But black joy is rebellion because in a in a normal human mind mind state, you're not supposed to be happy with all the circumstances and that we have been given with the how the stat the the deck has been stacked. You're not supposed right. to be happy. So so you choosing to be happy is a sign of rebellion. It's it's a, it's a peaceful protest all of, all in its own. It's and like, I think that's the I, other part, Calvin, that's also duly exhausting, right? Because my smile, my ability to laugh, my ability to find lightheartedness in the world around me, everything that I do is a political statement. And that in itself, to me, just gets exhausting. Oh, look at the Black girl smiling, Black girl joy, like, you know, Black girl magic, Black boy joy. It's like my, even down to me just expressing happiness it, it's political. It's everything, every, mom, every moment that I make, every turn that I make is political. And that in itself just gets exhausting. I, you know what? And this, this, this is going to sound very suicidal. So hear me out, guys. Just more it suicidal is so, than the baby? <laughs> the baby nigga, I was just getting ready to address that. Some kid is getting his ass whooped across the street. And I'll be honest with you, them kids be bad as hell. They be bad as hell. I'm just glad that they don't touch my car. But, like, they be, they be wildin'. So if he's getting his ass whooped, I'm not going to hold you. He probably deserved it. Like, he pro- probably deserved it. My bad, y'all. So um, I wish I could, like, tell my neighbors between, like, 7 and 9 on Tuesdays because y'all hold it down. But it's okay. Um, I just think that it just that in itself, my happiness and, and joy is a political statement. My sadness is the expectation. My despair is the expectation. And it's like, I just want to breathe. No, no, no pun intended. But I just, I genuinely just want to sit and be still and not have it be on display for for public or anybody's consumption. I just want my existence to stop being so political all the time. And not just me personally, but me as a Black woman. And then I have the audacity to be a black queer woman. So I show up in spaces and there's certain rooms where I have to decide which one am I going to show up first as today? Black woman or, or queer? I get tired of that. Enough to make me want to just sit my black ass in the house. Like, um, Yeah, like, so, again, we don't have the, we don't have the ability to not make a statement, right? Like, Anything I do as a black man is it's indicative of my people as a whole, right? Like, right. <clears throat> you know, um, 
like you as a black a, man can't make a mistake, right? If I make a statement that's wrong, oh, like oh, look at look at look at these black men out here continuing to fuck up, you know, or or if I'm or if I, you know, am looting or you know rioting or you know whatever, and like, we'll get to all of that later because you know look at like in in. And so everything that I do is an in indication or or an indictment on everybody I'm allegedly representing, right? I have everywhere right. I move, like, and this is it's a subset of privilege. It's a subset of privilege because only the minorities and only really specifically, like, black men and women have to move as a representation of their entire race and gender every time we do something. So it's like if I do something, it's like, oh look at these black men doing whatever. Like that's not acting that's crazy, not, right. That's not something that we we pass on to white America. That's not something that we pass on to Asian America. I mean, that's 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 really a black and brown sort of burden. God damn it. I ooh, sorry Calvin. Every time I see y'all it's allergy season. Instead of just saying she got the Rona, y'all can't just say, excuse me. <laughs> it's making me really self-conscious. <laughs> Sorry. Um, like, that's something that is a, it's a black and brown burden. Like, we only place that on black and brown people. We don't, we don't force Asian Americans to be a, a representative and an indication and an indictment on their entire race and culture every time they individually make a decision. We don't force white America every time they are in, you know, doing something as an individual to be an indication and an indict, indictment on their entire culture. But with black and brown people, we do. And so that, that in, in, in of itself is a burden. It's, 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 a, it's a, when you don't have the ability to fuck up, it, it, it causes additional stress. Um, I and, agree. And we look at, we look at this climate, right? And, and, um, and then we'll, we'll start talking about like, you know, all of the, whew, all of the stuff has gone down since we last spoke. Um, we'll, 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 we start touching at like whenever there's a police brutality video that is that goes viral, circulate. There's a subsect of people who's like, well, what happened before the camera got turned off, right? Because as if like something a, a shadow behind the scenes is is worth me losing my life, right? Of over something where it's never just oh he didn't have a weapon. So I shouldn't have used lethal force. It's what happened behind the scenes to make this person you you know. So it's 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 it's, 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 it's almost it's, like it's the not, idea that police brutality is unfathomable. And then when or, you or think it, about it, it, the it's, origins, it's similar to it's some of actually also it's, it's even similar to something that I mean is near and dear not near and dear but like it's close to all of our hearts. It's, it's similar to a sexual assault in a way, or where if some if a survivor shares their story of what happened to them and you ask like okay well, well, well what were you wearing or why did you go over to that person's house that way or like you know were you leading them on like unintentionally that's the same thing like we ask like okay what happened before the camera turned on as if you know it's my fault that i have a neck i have a knee in my neck for nine minutes it's my fault that i've been taken advantage of like that can we talk about this for a dialogue. second yeah so we're going to add a trigger warning before this because I didn't realize that I needed one too. Um, I have literally for the past hour been on in tears and I've been trying to pull my shit together, pull my, literally pull myself together 
because we have shit like the show must go on, right? And when we start talking about the state of black people and our, our mistreatment and things like that, we start talking about transgressions within our own community. We we bring up sexually sexual assault, and honestly, we should we should bring it up every time if you ask me. Um, because we start talking about the civil rights movement and the things and, and the groups of people that have taken, that we've taken our, you know, taken our posts from. So we start talking about the Black Panthers and early organizations and, you know, the, the events that led to the Civil Rights Act being passed to begin with. And we start talking about, and, and I hate how, when we start talking about Black people as a race, how divisive the conversation gets amongst Black men and women. I want to start there because it's not productive. And the one thing that I'm extremely proud about with between you and I, Calvin, is that you and I disagree quite often. We disagree every week about something. And even if the topic in itself is men, Mars versus Venus, men versus men, like this is how men and women innately differ in processing certain things. It does not become the oppression Olympics. And that's what I get tired of. I want black men and black women to understand that there are things that I'm going to go through and Calvin, you're going to go through as black man, black woman that I can't, I can't, I can understand. I can't relate because it's not going to affect me the way it's going to affect you as a black man. That does not mean that your troubles are greater or lesser than mine. And the same could be said for you in reference to speaking about me as a black woman. Stop playing that game. Because so, we, it, we literally yeah. are two sides of the same coin that have to go into so, the same slot every day and produce something every day. And it's the conversation in itself that drains the fuck out of me. Like, I'm here for the conversation until we start talking about, until it turns into the, excuse me, the oppression Olympic. That's what drains me the most. So, like, that's, that's kind of what I was getting, getting ready to head into, right? So, it's one of those things where, um, like, if, if I got shot, you got stabbed, we both dying. It's not, it's not oh, well, it's, it, it hurts me worse because I got stabbed or I got shot. Like, we're, we're both bleeding the fuck out. We both need medical help. You feel me? But, so, a couple things. And I hate, and this may, this may be controversial, but I'm, I'm willing to stand on, I'm willing to stand on what I say. Um, when, so for example, whenever, like CNN had, had a program or that is was promoting a program, I don't know if it's aired yet or not, where it's like talking about like police brutality and black men in America. And a lot of quotes, a lot of quote reach, retweets and comments are like, you guys are just really going to erase black women from this. And I understand, but I understand yes. the viewpoint, I understand, I, I understand the Understand the Which system. is the reason why I will not be watching. But like, hear me out. This is the, this is where it gets to the controversial part, right? So I I did I did the numbers. I did, I did I did the numbers. I did the studies. I did I, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure what I was saying was accurate. So before so ninety six black men will be killed by the police over a course of a, a 100,000 deaths, right? Like, so 96 out of 100,000 100, deaths or 100,000 people will be killed by police brutality as a black man. As a black woman, um, the, those same stats expect, like, five black women to be killed 
by police brutality over a course of 100,000 deaths. Again, both, both numbers are higher than what they are for our white counterparts, right? Like, black, black women are, I think, one, like one and a half times more likely to be killed by the police than a white woman. Black men are like two to three times more likely to be killed by the police. And so, it's not, so again, it's not one of those things where it's like, it's not, a, not necessarily like, a, oh, this doesn't happen to you then. But I kind of, I look at it in a similar way as, again, trigger warning, I look at it in a similar way as, like, we talk about sexual assault. Yes, men get sexually assaulted too, but the majority of people who get sexually assaulted are women. And so when, and so when we talk about sexual assault, same way we talk about police brutality, we generally talk about the majority of people who get, who get that harm done to them. Like, you know, and, and I don't want Ooh, to I'm going to let you finish your about, point. I don't want it to become a whataboutism because I don't want it because you know we see people saying like well men get sexually assaulted too and, and instead of doing it to try to raise awareness for men getting sexually assaulted they often try to do it to distract from the women who are making their point you know what I'm saying like it's very, it's very rare that those people do that with like a goodness in their heart right and I understand that we are in a society where this is a fucked up fact but it is true People are getting killed by the police at such a rate that it's possible for somebody to slip through the crack. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. It, I, I, I absolutely Trayvon, understand that. I I remember Trayvon Martin. I remember how Trayvon Martin was a national topic for months upon months. Same with Mike Brown. Same with the first initial, you know, 2012, 13, 14 um, incident. But as Ferguson kept, changed my life. So yeah. So, but as it kept getting more and more frequent. The, the time in the news cycle lessened because we had to move on to the next one, right? Like, that's a fucked up fact, but it is. And so I'm not mad. I'm not mad at anyone who's making sure we say Breonna Taylor's name. I'm not mad. I will never be mad. Um, I will never be mad at people who make sure we say Atana Jefferson's, Jefferson's name. I'm not mad. Understand, like, understand, like, you know, Son Reed got killed by Indianapolis PD on, on, on Facebook Live, like, two, like, a month and a half ago. And we've kind of forgot, not forgot about it, but we had to move on to the next person who got killed. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't want it to become a what about thing. Like, I understand, it's, not, it's not a you versus me. It's a you and me. But it's also, when we talk about not, like 90% of police brutality deaths are involving black men, I understand that sometimes the, 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 the thought is to focus on the majority instead of all. And it's not necessarily, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I understand it. So I don't want it to be in, in a lot of it. And I've seen some of people who like, that's why we don't need to protect black men because they're only going to do care about black men at the end of the day. That's not it either. You don't, I don't trust, I don't trust the black people who want to die best, black women and black men, because again, we're still, we're a lot of the times we're fighting the same fight. We have our own internal arguments and differences, but a lot of times we're fighting the same fight. It's just something that, again, with so much time I have in quarantine, I, I notice certain things. It's like, look, I understand. Yes, yeah, say her, say her name, and the fact that we—if it was up to me, we we would take every bullet for y'all. If it was up to me, obviously that's not the case. If it was up for me, there wouldn't be like I would jump in front of that bullet for Breonna Taylor if I was the boyfriend. If it, if it was up to me, but that's obviously not the case. But I just—I think it's one of those things where it's like sometimes intentions. Get, you get misconstrued and sometimes it's like well what about me so and it's not necessarily and it's not necessarily the most fruitful conversation that we have 
It's, you know what? And I, to that point, Calvin, I see where you're coming. But in this particular instance, right? Especially because Breonna Taylor and, and George Floyd were a week apart. They were a week apart. We're not having this conversation as if Black women being killed by the police are just so few and far between. They're not. They're not. There might be less of us dying, but the instances that Black women are also harmed by the police, even fatally harmed by the police, are neck and neck. I think I get so pissed off about this particular conversation and the reason I'm trying to like keep my point is about the fact that it is not erasure, but we will never riot in the streets for Breonna Taylor the way that we took to the streets for George. And not saying that we should not be in the streets for both. But had George not, and I hate to say it like this, had George, the timing of their deaths been further time between the two, we'd have just been in the streets for George. It would not have been also, oh yeah, by the way, Breonna Taylor. And to be honest, that's what it feels like. Hold on one second. I'm not saying that that's what it is. I'm saying that's what it feels like. And it's not, again, like I said, it's not me because I want, like I said, this isn't a conversation about being divisive or, or, or black men get, black women have a worse. Or it, this isn't what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is that we don't hit the streets as hard for black women as we do when black, for black men. We don't. Because, and I'm going to be honest with you, the supporter behind both is always, the, the main supporter of both is always black women. And I'm going to be real with you, Calvin. It would, I want to be champion too. I want to, I, I want to be champion too. I want to know that if something were to happen to me as a black woman, this, you would burn this motherfucker down. And it doesn't feel that way. And I think that's where some of the contention is. Yeah, we're going to be in the streets. Don't get me wrong. We still out this motherfucker. But it would feel nice to know that if this was a black woman we were talking about, the streets would be just as flooded if it was a black man. And it's not. So that's why that CNN article or that CNN documentary, not saying it's not important, but it was low key. It felt like erasure because trans women have been dying at an alarming rate. Trans people have been dying at an alarming rate. We do not talk about it. They don't get CNN articles and coverage. Sandra Bland did not get a CNN article. Barely got news coverage. Breonna Taylor. Barely got news coverage, if that. So, yeah, I, you have to excuse me when I'm like, I understand. And I'm not saying it's not important and then that it doesn't need to be discussed and talked about. But it does feel a lot like black women lives get swept. A, like, like, does it not? Why does it? Why does the loss of a black woman's life not resonate as high in our community as it is a black man? You want to know the reason why? I, Genuine conversation. Lack of, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a lack of video because any, any, any police killing that doesn't have video doesn't receive the same traction. Um, like, and again, it's not, I wish it wasn't this way, but so for example, we talk, so we talk about Atiana Jefferson, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, um, a lot of those, okay, Breonna Taylor was done in a home of it, a, a, a no-knock rate. There's no video of that. 
all the all the Louisville Police Department turned off our cameras. There's no video of that, so we don't get to see what happened. We hear, we read about it, we hear about it, we see like, what the fuck? We see like, how do you just bust somebody's door down, you know, and, and do that, right? But we don't see the right. video. Same with Atiana Jefferson. Like we didn't see the video. We just we just read the story. Sandra Bond. We saw the police stop and her getting and her getting pulled over. We, we saw her mugshot of her being but dead. We, she was dead in her mugshot. Let me finish. How finish eerie is that? the photo that they released of Sandra Bland? She was dead in. Let me finish, baby. Go ahead. So. Again, you you ask the why, and the why is because a, a lot of these when black women get killed from police brutality, it's, it's no knock raid where black, where somebody's home and you have a wrong address by a number, and so you come in guns ablaze, but you don't have any cameras on you because it's a raid, and because it's a raid, like they give you special protection to like not turn your on your body cameras or whatever the case may be. You know, when you're coming, so that's it. It's not. It's not intentional, as in, it's, it's intentional from the from the side of the oppressor. They don't. They don't videotape. They don't get caught on videotape doing this to black women. We always hear about it after the fact. Like the only the only only evidence that we've had was the the video of Sandra Sandra Bland's traffic stop. And her mugshot, and and all of the con- the conversation around the mugshot, right? And and so a lot of it, when you see some, when you see someone's life being taken away on video, it, it resonates in a different way because you literally see someone's life just go by. Um. For so so if we break it down from from the beginning, when it with first happened with Trayvon Martin, we were told. If we had witnesses, it would be a different story because it was only him and George Zimmerman. And we'll talk about how pussy Florida is, that George Zimmerman is still alive at a different point. Listen, allegedly, the, the most recent cop fled to Florida. But because he knows, <laughs> niggas, niggas ain't Florida ain't going to touch him. Listen, Florida is where Trump supporters go to retire. Um, anyway, so, <sighs> so when we talk about Trayvon Martin, it was, oh, if only there were witnesses there, we could get the real story. Because it's really, it was only them two, and the only person alive to tell their story is murder. Then we moved to Mike Brown, where there were witnesses, but there was no video. And so we were told, right. we were told, if only there was video, excuse me, we would, um, you know, we would have some, you know, we would have a more of a, a, a case. Then we'd get to Eric Gardner. Right. Where there was video, you see, you see him being held with a chokehold, saying, "I can't breathe." Nothing. And honestly, for me, so so you know, there, there, there's a quote about gun control, right? Like a lot of gun control activists, right, said that said that the gun control debate didn't start, but it ended at Sandy Hook because if, as Americans, if as American government, we were okay with 27 white, like elementary school kids losing their lives to gun violence and we ain't do shit there's nothing else that we could have done to kind of push that legislation forward if we were okay with 27 white elementary school kids in in Newton Connecticut getting gunned down by an automatic weapon and we ain't do shit nothing else is going to make us do shit you feel what I'm saying 
that yeah. same thought process for me happened with Tamir Rice. If we so this- were, if we were okay, oh, let me finish. If we were okay with with a with a police running up on a playground, and before the car stops, you shoot this thirteen year old boy playing with a toy gun, and nothing happens. Everything after that is like, well, fuck, we we're not going. We're, ne- we're they have been shown that there's no consequence. So we talk about we talk about the erasure of black women when it comes to police brutality. A, I understand that couple things. I understand that yes, say her name, the, the save the save the name of everyone that have that have been murdered by the police. Secondly, for a lot of them, un- like unfortunately or or there hasn't been video evidence of them losing their lives. So, right. Because because we only ride out for the black men who get caught on videotape. You understand what I'm saying? Like we before, you know, like Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, like like a lot of these were caught on video, so we were able to see the bullshit as it transpired, and so that it it, it hit different because you're able to see it. I don't know. I don't know what it says about the police department as a whole that they only that they that or they get caught on video. Killing black men versus very, I guess, more careful. I don't know. So I think that, I think that has to do with part of it. Also, I do think um, that a lot of things are attacking our black women. We talk about black women are two hundred and forty-eight percent more likely to die giving birth than white women because of a medical racism thing. We talk about the we talk about like <clears throat> the sexual assault factor that obviously impacts women more than men, you know, there have been people who've had to protest with their abusers during this entire thing because of just the proximity of them knowing their abuser. abuser. So, like, I understand all of that. So, I think it's like, so another reason I think a lot of the conversation about around this is centered around black men is because black women unfortunately have a, a lot of other things that are also affecting them, like, more then they are affecting black men. Like again, I can't I can empathize, but I can't I can't relate to being a mother and potentially losing her life, you know, due to the fact that I'm trying to give birth and no one's listening to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I can empathize, you know, with a lot that women go through, but I can't I can't I can't say that like it will affect me the same way. So this is a this is a tough conversation that we're having, but I think all of those factors combine into why the police brutality discussion is is often centered around black men. Does that make sense? Like, it's not. I'm it not does, trying to say it's it, right. I'm not. I'm just saying I, that's what. That's friend. Why. Your explanation makes sense. Okay, and that's not me saying that in a way that you're to to be dismissive. I'm not. But it is extremely frustrating. And it does come from a place, and it's not necessarily jealousy, because as a black woman, I'm in the streets for for both. I'm in the streets for black men, black women, black queer lives, black children. I'm in these fucking streets. And I'm angry. I'm, I'm mad as fuck. I'm mad. And it's not anything, and it's one of those type of angers where it feels almost help. I'm angry because I feel helpless. I feel like I, I want to do everything and I can't do shit and it's one and, and it's the most frustrating thing at the hand in my fingers. 
I can't even find words for that emotion. And then, as a mom, I understand your frustration, right? I understand that we talk about how we talk about how like we have to have our the talk of our kids, our nephews, our nieces like way earlier than we should. Like how to like how my son Calvin? No, no, no. Yeah, how I prepared my child. There were protests going on, and the city got. I you know I live a little. I live close. I live five minutes from downtown. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You don't, These motherfuckers made it. I do live five minutes from downtown. But if niggas can make it to Clifton, they can make it to Walnut Hills. And I got my child in here. As do my neighbors have their children in their home. And I have the luxury of saying, okay, kiddo, I need to send you to the suburbs for a couple of days. Because I don't know what downtown finna be. And they can do a lot of shit. They won't do shit up here. And then as a parent, I go out here and I protest. And I teeter-totter like, this is something my son should see and experience because this is happening. History is happening. And he's old enough to recognize it. Right? We're at the point of, of, of child rearage with kiddo where he's known that he's a black child. But I think the gravity of the fact that he's black is starting to sit, like, set it. And he's starting to realize and understand that He's not like, he goes to school in the suburbs, predominantly white school at that. So it's time to set in for him that he's cool with his peers, but their lifestyles are starkly different. Very different. And as a parent, it's like, how do I have this conversation about your blackness and what that exactly means? And also preserve that innocence of a childhood. And I think about how my parents did it with me. You don't. He's going to start, he started to actually ask questions and I'm starting to have to answer questions for him because if I don't, it's the difference between him protecting himself and being willfully ignorant. And I can't have that. I mean, but also there's certain conversations that it's scary. Like I'm scared. Yeah. I remember the first day. I mean, listen, cause like kiddos like me, so kiddo, like we were big for our age from the moment we had age. You feel me? So I'm saying like, so I always look, I always looked older than what I was. And so because of that, like my mom had to have, and my, my mom had to have that conversation. Like I know people who've been in jail, this and the third, my mom had to have that conversation with me early because like the, to the wrong person, to the wrong motherfucker, I could be, I could look like a whole ass adult. And mind you, I'm not, I'm in middle school. You feel me? And so, and so with that, like it's, it's, it sucks. But it's like, you don't, once you have that conversation, you don't longer have your child child like ignorance anymore. You no longer you no longer just right. think everything is sugar plums and fairies and everything is fair. But I mean, the, the real the reality of it is, do I want my do I want him to be blissfully ignorant? Do I want him to be alive? Because like, there's only so long he can be both. And and the moment where you understand like that that conversation that you have, like if you get pulled over, here's what you need to do. And like, okay, like, make sure that you have every, make sure you have your hands in front of, in front of the officer's eye, so he, so he can see you. Make sure you have, you know, you know your like your license and registration easily accessible, so you don't have to like go digging into some shit. And he looks like he's trying to pull some shit out. Like I remember getting pulled over, getting dragged, getting dragged out the car a block away from my crib because I put on a seatbelt. Um, because you know I was riding without a seatbelt, and I was you know I was wanted to put on seatbelt, so I didn't get that charge. Man, I put the charge in. 
I'm gonna put if your seatbelt on. They dragged me into the car, searched that car up, down, sideways, patted me all the way fucking down because they just knew that, like, oh, you must have drugs on him because he it looks like he was hiding something. No, fam, I was trying to put on my seatbelt to avoid that charge. So, so like, yeah, it's it's it, I can again we talk about we talk about empathy. I can I can only empathize with having to explain to my child, um, what you know what I'm saying what, how how real shit is out here. Like I have, I have a godson, I have a nephew. Where it's like, okay, he he's lanky. He's like thirteen. He's a little couple. He's a couple older, couple years older than Kiddo. He's like thirteen, and it's like, look, bro, like, shit ain't sweet no more. Like all that, and he and, and mind you, my nephew is like a little bit of a badass kid because he had he he was raised in that environment. So I'm like, look, shit ain't sweet no more. Like you get to a certain age before eighteen, they will charge you as an adult if you fuck up severely enough. They will charge you as an adult, right? And you you. Like, you think juvie bad, nigga. Like, try being a 15-year-old around a bunch of killers. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit not real. Shit not right. So, and, and it's a balancing act. And everything, everything black people do is a balancing act, right? So it's like, for example, so, like, as a black man, I have to balance, I have to balance out my pride in being a black man and understanding that it's a very dangerous but elite club, but also balance out all the bullshit that my fellow black men have done to black women. Like I like even today with um, the trend, I don't want, it, it feels stupid. It feels silly to call it a trend. That's what it was of like women just posting like the ages that they were sexually assaulted. And it was like five, it was like seven through 16. It was 25 and a woman's 20. You know what I'm saying? Just like all different. Numbers. On wax. And, Ooh. Go ahead. So on wax. Because I also posted, I was seven, I was 19, and I was 28. Now, for the kids keeping up at home, I'm 29 as of April 3rd. So, the, the last time I was sexually assaulted was this year. Oh, shit. Um, and I think outside of the incident, this is the first time I think I've ever said it out loud is that I was sexually assaulted this year. And ooh, the fact that I can account for three times in my adult life where one as a child, I count 19 as a child. It was college, but children. Um, where I was responsible. The one time that that resonates the most with me, like the most with me, is seven. Because I wasn't responsible for myself. There was a person in charge and tasked with my care when my parents weren't there and they took advantage of that opportunity. They took advantage of it. And there's no... And at seven years old, you don't know what the fuck happened to you. I don't know what happened to me at seven years old. At seven... Alex at seven could not process what happened to her because she does not know what sexual assault was. It wasn't until I was 19 when I was sexually assaulted that I processed that I'd been sexually assaulted before. And I know that saying that in itself is years. There's this very, very big difference between seven and 19. Mm-hmm. Mentally, physically, age-wise, maturity-wise, huge. And I don't think I came out of my apartment for like a month. 
I don't think I left my room for a month. At that time, my special was actually living with me on campus. I didn't even tell him what happened. I didn't, I didn't have the word to tell him what happened. I didn't, because it's one of those things where even at, at what happened to me at 28, there are no charges I can press because I know what happens to women who come forward. And then at that time, I would have been coming forward about somebody who was Greek and on campus. And not to, not to, because we know how I feel about Black Greek organizations. I have nothing but love and support. They get nothing but my love and support. This was one person who just so happened to be a part of a certain organization. Not his actions were indicative of the organization in itself. And I want to make sure that that's clear. His actions are not a reflection of the way I feel about that fraternity at all, which is why I'm not even the, the, the fraternity in question isn't even a, the topic of conversation. So. It was one of those situations where it had been me versus the, the court of public opinion. It had been me versus my word versus theirs. The incident that happened to me would have been me versus this young man that's well-known within our city and me and my hoe-ass antics and behavior. Well, you know Alex is a loose girl. You know she a hoe. You know she get around. You know she dates a lot. Like, she may have just been drunk and didn't know that she said yes. It would have been not Alex got hurt and we need to be there for her. It would have been she's a hoe anyway. And then the, the, I would have dragged... Statement, the wild statement that you said was she may have gotten drunk and didn't know she said yes. That statement is wild because again we but we do you also a understand weeks ago, how valid it is it like that's valid it, sh- it so, shouldn't so, be but but that's reality though cal that's that that's not that's my reality alex you know you know she's a she's a fun time so you know she's a good time it, it won't be anything it won't matter and then asking my friend group because in order for the biggest thing about speaking up about sexual assault is you have to have a support system that's willing to walk with you through that. And given the year that I had had, 2019 was a fucking doozy for your girl. And I tell y'all all the time that I wouldn't have made it through that year without the people in my, my friends. And then asking y'all to support me through yet another life-altering event felt selfish. Because I would have needed y'all. Not that it was too much of an ask, but for me, it was too much of an imp- imposition. I can't ask y'all to hold, ride my back yet again about another circumstance in my life that y'all had nothing to do with creating, but somehow everything to do with helping me clean up. It felt selfish. So you let it go. And you process it in the ways that make sense to me. Therapy. A lot of edibles, <laughs> a huge journal, and a listening ear between me and God. And that's how I cope. And I understand that I consider myself, if that's how I cope, there are other women that didn't make out farewell so well. If you look at the suicide rates among uh, sexual assault survivors, it's astounding. Because you're asking them to live with something and not support them through it. It's it's three times higher than the national average. Um, Again, when I was doing research, I I, I stumbled upon that as well. 
three again, rem- times higher than the national average. And I remember, I remember the conversation. I remember the conversation that we had immediately after. Cause um, I don't know if you remember, but I remember you, 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 you shared, you shared it with me. I, um, I remember. And I, I believe I asked you, I was like, well, you know, what, what, what do you want to do? Cause again, I'm again, as, as a man, it's not, I remember my, my answer to you. I remember, like, not, I remember our conversation. It was like, it's not my right to tell you what you should do in that situation. Like, like the, have the audacity that I would need to have in order to tell you how to handle something like that. Um, and what, you know, our, our conversation more or less was about what did I want to do? And Calvin was like, whatever you want to do, we riding. That's how we going to ride. And I said, I just want to go to sleep. And I want to forget that this never happened. And that's exactly what we did. And the next, I think I scheduled a therapy appointment that Monday. Like, by I scheduled an appointment on Monday. I was seen by Wednesday. And I think I spent 30 minutes just crying. I... I want to say to all the young men and women who have been sexually assaulted, who have been raped, who have undergone something, a traumatic experience of the sort. If you can't talk to anybody and you want to talk to somebody, you can call me. You can reach out. It'll be private. It's not podcast related. It's literally, even if you want to email me anonymously, you know, our information is always in the bio. It will be our it will be a conversation between you and I. I recommend anybody who has been sexually assaulted and has the means to do so. Go even if you don't want necessarily, you know, textbook justice. I recommend therapy. I remember I recommend you finding resources. I will help you find resources in your city for sexual assault survivors to get therapy. Sometimes some some of it is pro bono, some of it is free, some of it is at a slight cost. We can figure out what you can do. But you can do something and we can find those resources for you. But don't be the one mistake I did. I'll say I made is feeling like I had to walk through it alone and I didn't have to. So if you're needing help and wanting assistance and wanting a place to turn and somebody to talk to and you just need help finding those resources, let me help you. Like this, this is Alex asking to help you. You're not a burden. You're not a problem. It's not an inconvenience. Honey, I'm furloughed. I've got nothing but time on my hands right now. Like, give me something to do. So that that's just my little tidbit PSA. But on the flip side, Calvin, um, I don't think I've ever said this to you. Um, you and of the other men in our in our friend group. I've been fighting tears this entire episode. Oh my god. Um, thank you. And I know that I'm, I consider myself one of the really, really, really lucky ones because I am surrounded by men, black men at that, who will fight for me, who will fight, fight me. Y'all will personally dig in my ass if you had to, but y'all will fight for me and y'all will protect me and y'all go to the ends of the world to make sure that the women in your lives feel nothing but safe, honored and protected at all costs. And I'm really proud to say that there's not a man in my life that I know won't die for. So there's certain games I don't play about. There's certain shit I do not play about because there are men in my life who are willing to die about me. 
as a woman, it is super, I never knew how important that protection was until there was a moment in my life I didn't have it or I felt like I didn't have it. And now that's some shit that honestly, like, is priceless to me. I have men in my life that will die about me. Get you some. And Calvin, you are one of those men. And I really just want to take the time out on our platform to publicly acknowledge how much you mean to me and how much I know that you are one of the men in this, in this world that does not play when it comes when you say protect black women. You don't play about that shit. You mean it from the bottom of your heart. And I, I want to take the time to say thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Um... I appreciate that. Um, one thing, so it's gonna be a weird transition, but we often tell, <laughs> we often say, we often say, um, don't applaud a fish for swimming, right? And right. you know, like, don't applaud people for not being shitty. Um, I understand the sentiment, but I also think that, like, I think sometimes people need positive reinforcement. In order to in order to continue to do positive work, um, I agree with that. And you know, there's a fine line. People assume positive, doing the right positive, thing. There's a fine line ahead, between friend. positive reinforcement and like you know, praising the bare minimum. And you got to be you have to use your own distinction and judgment. But I do think, like you know. Talk, giving positive reinforcement for, for 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 the people who are actually true allies to you, uh, and when I say true allies, I'm not talking about performative antics. I'm not talking about you know you can tell who actually does the work and who and who just out here with with a post. You know what I mean? Like so, you have to abuse your own judgment. But again, again, with being a black man in America, it's like. It's always like it's always a huge sense of guilt that I carry. You know what I'm saying? So I carry right. a huge sense of guilt, not only because it's like guilt and anger. So I carry a lot of anger because of how I've been treated as a black man in this country by everybody else, right? Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like how we could talk about how. They shoot, they shoot our dads and then make fun of us for not having fathers. They lock our fathers up and say, oh, you don't have a dad. Well, he, you locked him up. Like they, we could talk about all of the systematic, systemic things that they have done in order to bring down a black man in society, whether from they, they rape our, whether from slaves, slave masters raping our women in front of us while we were chained in a handcuff and couldn't do anything just to instill in the, in the black woman slaves that like your black man won't protect you. Whether, you know, by forcing the, the, the fittest black man and the fittest black woman to make so they can make super strong slave babies um, to, the, to the disproportionate effect of mass incarceration, to the disproportionate effect of police brutality, to the disproportionate effect of the war on drugs and the crack rise in the 80s. All of this stuff to, like, really break down the black man in America. And I promise I'm not getting on my Dr. Umar Johnson hotel shit. It's just, this is fact. Like, of all the, you know, and so I have a lot of anger that comes with that. You know what I'm saying? That comes with seeing my people being shit on, regardless. But I also have a lot of guilt. I have a lot of guilt because I turn around and I see, I see some of the people that also look like me turn around and shit on 
vulnerable people too. You know what I'm saying? So like I see, like I remember when I remember the conversations that me I had with a couple of couple of y'all about the times where someone took advantage of your trust. Someone took advantage of you. Someone took advantage of your of your your ability and your willingness to let the guard down because you thought you had a friend. And that friend turned out to be not not true. And then not only that, but then you realize that like if you if you came out against that uh, came out against that person that because that man was um was popular he, he had a, he had his little social circles he had his his gang of supporters his gang of fans whatever but like you would be you would be tried in the court of public opinion not him you feel me so it's like and and, and that is an uphill battle but no one wants to fight so like I, I I carry a sense of guilt and a sense of anger it's like this is very rare that I carry a sense of happiness. Um, I know, and, and we talk about, and a couple of people were in my mentions when I, when I posted something about it, like, and I realized they didn't know me, so I had to kind of eat it. Well, it was like, well, you need to have conversations with your friends and do the work and understand, like, fam, you clearly don't know me if you don't, if you don't think I have these conversations. Like, I understand it. You, you, you look at me like this cookie cutter person that, like, is just asking black women to do the work and, 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 and make it feel okay. Right. <laughs> but you, you, I know that ain't me. And so, therefore, I don't feel like needing to respond to you because I know that in me. And, like, I have the ability to, like, I have a, I have a proof. Like, look, ask everybody around me. Like, like, like I, I am a lot of things. I am nowhere close to perfect. But ask people around me. Like, I, I don't make the black woman around me do the work as far as to make me feel better. I think that's the one thing I can stand on and say with my chest. I don't make y'all do the work. I don't, I don't ask y'all to, like, placate me. And like make me feel better about myself. You 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 see what I'm saying? Like I just right. All right, cool. Like I even stopped going against all the men are trash posts that I see from y'all because I know y'all not talking about me, but I know y'all talking about like the general effect of the patriarchy. I'm like, you know what? That ain't my fight to be like. Here we. All right, I eat that. You you can call call me trash you want all day every day. I eat it. It's whatever. I'm I'm I am a I am a I am a I am a problem eater. And when I say I'm a problem eater, like it's my job as a black man to like however possible to suck up all the negative shit I can to make sure that it doesn't affect the black woman. Like, if you got an issue, I'll take care of it. So like because you're not so I'm not supposed to allow you to, to be on the front lines for something, I could be on the front lines. Like I'm not like that's not how we rock. But only like but when when it comes to women issues. I, I stand back. I let y'all lead. I let y'all talk. I let y'all. I let y'all do. And not let y'all, but like, I understand that my place is to be a, a, a secondary sort of thing. I understand my place is to listen, not speak. I understand that my place is to help, not lead. Then that's why. That's why right. I, I will. Like I will. I will. I tell people like, if a woman got an issue with me, I don't have to put my hands on you. I will never put my hands on you. I got people I know who do that for free. So, and that's the kind of and that's kind of the the, the dynamic that we're supposed to have that we don't. But I think a lot of times we talk about like real life allies. We talk about the people actually are out here standing in front of and standing instead of the most vulnerable people. Sometimes you need positive reinforcement in order to make, in order to kind of get assurance that you're doing the right thing, that you're on the right path. Like if I'm out here building you a table and all you tell me is oh i missed the spot oh that don't look right oh i'm cooking you a, i'm cooking you a meal and you keep asking me like you sure is that enough seasoning 
I'm not going to want to finish a meal for you because I'm like, oh, well. I'm not going to want to cook for you at all. <laughs> you're like, well, shit. Well, motherfucker, if you want to nitpick, do the shit yourself in. But if you do like, it oh, okay, yourself. Oh, okay. That smells good. Okay. All right. I see you. Bet. She appreciates that. So I'm going to keep doing that for her. So, and I know, again, everything I say has a potential to be a problematic statement because I'm a black man. But I really, I really be trying to think this shit through before I say it. And you know what, friend? And we appreciate a well thought out king, okay? <laughs> um, also, <sighs> and just real quick God before we damn. get to the lighthearted shit, because I'm going to get a headache from crying. Um, also, just a real quick, real quick, just two second fuck you to all the influencers who have been radio silent this week, but all of a sudden your Instagrams have been black. A second, really, really quick fuck you to everybody who took the, pro- the opportunity to witness a protest and decided to shoot a music video or post content <laughs> instead of, I don't know, participating in the fucking protest. Oh, so a really quick fuck you to those kind of video. He shot a whole music video it. in the it's middle of the protest. So... Real and the song wasn't you. even that. And the, and the song didn't even slap like that. Like, hold on. It don't even slap. <laughs> um, quick, it's quick okay. statement. Quick statement. Um, so we talk. Not only do black people need activists and protesters, we also need marketing and communication experts. So, mm-hmm. so Tuesday, the second blackout day, right? It was like you know blackout mm-hmm. day. You know the show must be paused. Like trying to like a social media movement. Um, to kind of you know, stay in a solidarity and unity with 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 black people, um, and to kind of show shed light on what the fuck is going on. However, a no one can really pinpoint where this shit started for real, for real. Like I'm hearing a lot, like it it, it got kind of passed around like a chain letter. No one can really pinpoint how this started. Secondly, the instructions weren't clear enough, so a lot of people were posting these black squares with. Hashtag Black Lives Matter or hashtag BLM, and 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 because of that, it was like blacking out the entire hashtag on Instagram, and a lot of people, you know, follow that hashtag to try to you know get updates on different shit. And so then a second post came out was like, actually, we just don't want you to post your normal you know content. If you could just post you know content relevant to what's going on right now, and then also just use Blackout Tuesday. Don't you know a lot of communication error. So I think when this revolution continues to happen, not only do we need the boots on the ground, the protesters, the activists, we also need marketing and communications and promotions and PR relations as well to kind of make sure that we have a unified message. Um, Because it was a lot of of infighting, it was a lot of arguments, it was a lot of like, oh, why are you doing this? Like stuff after it already kind of started. Like these things needed to be hashed out Days ago, if that's what the plan was. You, you see what I'm saying? Secondly, I hate, I hate people who try to outwoke each other. I hate it. I absolutely I, hate it. it woo, the whole it, Olympics has been fun to watch. I hate it. I hate it. And so, what I, and, so, and so the reason why I hate it is because we're talking about people with different levels of education, different levels of understanding, different levels of ability. Like first and foremost, we are still in the middle of pandemic. The coronavirus <laughs> is still very much alive and well. It's listening to the dreams and nightmares right now. Dreams and nightmares intro right now. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? That type shit. So, so 
Run, listen, so when, the murder so hornets read some, the room and said they come back later. <laughs> man, the murder hornets was a filler episode in 2020. 2020, season 2020 of Earth is so wild. We got a returning character coming back in Anonymous. It was like, let's roll, friends. Like, what we even had fucking Anonymous come back. Okay, like, let's <laughs> just talk about this past week. We've had murder hornets have actually retired. They were like, you know what? We'll come back a little later. You had Anonymous like, resurface dropping all the receipts. Like, had, Murder Hornets was like, y'all got a lot of shit going on right now. We'll, 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 we'll fuck with you a little bit later. Y'all niggas wildin'. And then Anonymous making a return. Um, you know what? Virgil, Where's the Virgil, application process for it? Virgil. I'm going to keep it two Virgils with you. I'm going to keep it two Virgils with you. I'm going to keep it two Virgils um, with you. All right. So for the people in the back who missed it, Virgil, who is the owner of the brand Off-White and also the creative, the creative director for Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton, he posted that he donated $50 towards the cause. $50. He is the creative Mind director you. for Louis Vuitton. Mind okay. You, ain't nothing on the Off-White store, $50. Nigga, $50 is like Nothing on the Off-White, off-white website is worth $50. Not even the fucking socks. Okay. So I'm going to put this in quotation marks. Kiss my ass, okay? And, no. And so, and so Absolutely not. You, and so mind you, not only so people let him have it, and then he kind of came back with like a, a, a legit like four-page statement. I haven't read it yet because I've been too busy laughing I'm not reading that shit. I've been too busy laughing that we just, we replaced the use of 50 with Virgil. I heard somebody say like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of Virgil Virgil on this whole Blackout Tuesday. <laughs> I fucking saw and that I, shit and died. Or I'm going to keep it to Virgil's with you. I don't know about this shit, Chief. Like, and honestly, I think we have replaced 50 with Virgil. Like we replaced 20 with Dub. Like that is the new lexicon. Ooh. Like you I'm gonna keep selling, it fifty fifty with you. <laughs> I'm a, you niggas out here selling you out, niggas out here selling the reg for for the Virgil. Shit's wild out here. Like I'm just and so and so a couple things. One, I hate. So I hope this last week has shown why we don't need celebrities to talk for real. Because <laughs> like we we put a lot of pressure, we put a lot of pressure on these celebrities to make a statement, say something. Don't don't just say nothing. And these celebrities in mass showed their ass. And like I will say this, my favorite. So Jay people wonder like, why, why didn't Jay Z make a statement? He's the one that partnered with the NFL, mind you. Jay Z was out on a call with the governor of Minnesota advocating for George Floyd. So he doesn't need to make a statement if he's advocating with the governor using his celebrity that way. Why didn't Jay Cole make a statement? Jay Cole's out protesting in, on the front lines. Why didn't Drake make a statement? Drake donated $100,000 to the cause. Why didn't The Weeknd make a statement? Weeknd do- donated like 500000 to the cause. So I just want people to understand that like, we don't need to demand people do stuff just so we can see the proof. Like, it's pocket watching, and we already know how we feel about pocket watching, but also a lot of these celebrities aren't well-versed in like politics, history, social, social studies, none of that shit. And I personally am not looking for what Odell Beckham Jr. has to say on the matter. It reminds me of the Dave Chappelle skit. Oh, we got Ja Rule on the line to talk about these incidents. Who the fuck is listening to Ja Rule at a time like this? Who the fuck is listening to B. Simone at a time like this? Like, I don't, I don't look and, and 
And it's maybe Thank you for saying that. Maybe it's because they they killed all of our leaders. And so they left this vacuum that celebrities have filled to an extent. Because, I mean, people, I hate when people bring up Martin and Malcolm. Like, Martin, what would Martin Luther King think about this? I don't know. That nigga dead. And y'all killed him. Or, or, or what would Malcolm X do? Malcolm X is dead. Y'all killed him. And, and mind you, first of all, so Martin Luther King, another... by the end of his career, Martin Luther King, by the, end of, by the end of his career, was a lot more militant and vigilant than what the moderate people want to remember him by. So, like him and thank MLK, you for him saying and, that. Him and, him and Malcolm Loki pieced up before Malcolm died. Him and Malcolm Loki pieced so, up. So, a couple things here, right? Because I love how people... This lets me know that y'all didn't read shit beyond comprehension. Like, people no don't child read for left comprehension. No was a failure. No, it was a success because I see exactly how many of y'all asses should have been left behind. I see, like, I see it. So, real quick, right? Because I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want to get too heavy on this. There was a point in time, and I, I don't like when people quote history and revise it. There was a point of time where, Mal, excuse me, Martin Luther King was the most hated man in America. There is a Times he a, article. He had a 75% disapproval rate. 75%. He was the most hated man in America. And you guys thought that there was anything peaceful and non-radical about that? I'm be honest with you. Of the two between Malcolm and Martin, Martin was actually the radicalist in this relationship. He wanted integ- in the beginning, we wanted integration. All Malcolm X wanted was a seat at the fucking table. He told them white crackers, you can keep whatever the fuck it is that you got. So when you think about it, Martin, y'all make it seem like he was just all about peace. Malcolm X was always been militant, given his background. Martin Luther King was the radicalist here. So for y'all to think that Martin Luther King was well-received and well-liked is bullshit. And it's honestly a revisionist history because y'all, and it lets me know that y'all don't read anything past fifth grade history books because they will tell you, you've been told. Listen, These are the same people who still believe that Malcolm X, that Martin Luther King died on that balcony. These are the same people that believe that. So there's a, and like I said, there's a couple arguments I just refuse to entertain because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I can tell by what you're, but what you allow to come out of your mouth. So just, I didn't want to get off on a tangent. I just really wanted to make sure that we made that clear that we like. Nah, it's, 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 it's cool. Cause I got, I got a couple more statements and they will be done. We'll talk about insecure in the Issa Lawrence episode. So like, first and foremost, I, again, revisions history. Howard Kaepernick lost his job. And again, in 20, whenever he started the protest, he was one of the most hated men in America for silently protesting and taking a knee during the national anthem, which by the way, the national anthem don't even slap for real. So, and he was one of the most hated men in, in the country. He had, he had, y'all president call him a son of, like, sons of bitches. He had people burning his gear. He had people doing all of this shit, and he just took a knee. So for now, for y'all to, for, for y'all to stop, stop playing at tw- on 2020 and take a knee in solidarity with the cops and shit, and for y'all to like, why can't y'all just peacefully protest? We tried that shit. And y'all said, uh, not like that. Uh, I mean, do you guys do it during the anthem now? Or like when we wear shirts, do we? Do you really have to do that while we're playing sports? Or like, no, we try peaceful. We try, we try to give y'all the peaceful shit. 
y'all y'all burnt a nigga's shirt. Y'all burnt a nigga's jerseys. Y'all made him one of the most hated men in America. So he was like, all right, fuck it. We lit. And now, and mind you, it's real fucked up to see cops taking a knee when it's a, a fucking knee to the back of the neck of George Floyd that put us in this place in the put us in this position in the first fucking place. So it's not really the, sh- the show of solidarity that you niggas think it is. You know, I, it's the don't tone piss on my back and all. Don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining, my nigga. Like, don't do that. And, it's and the mind per- you, it, formativeness of it all. Like, I see you performing. I see it. And I think that's the part about it. Like, a real quick point before we like, because I'm ready to laugh and I know you are too. But I, I see y'all performing. I see it. And we have, we have got to stop being so easily impressed. And shout like you said, Tanea. there's a thin line, like, shout out to Tanea for the quote, but like, we are very easily impressed and easily moved by the bare minimum. And to be honest with you, I don't give a flying fuck about you kneeling. I don't give a fuck about these officers hugging protesters. I don't give a flying fuck about that shit. Blue Lives doesn't especially exist because when you can go ten, home. Especially when 10 minutes after you do that, you start tear gassing and pepper bombing these motherfuckers. The we same know, person the who was kneeling. The, they showed our police chief on national television, on TV. It's national. It made it to CNN. Kneeling in front of what, what I want to say it was the courthouse or the JC. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, and the two. 10 minutes later, flash bombs went off. 10 minutes. You were seeing footage of people with the damages that rubber bullet from being hit directly with a rubber bullet. You were seeing that shit. By the same people who are taking up knees and kneeling beside you and hugging protesters and kissing babies and playing hopscotch with the neighborhood kids. Get the fucking propaganda off my screen. There are not enough. And listen, you get to go home and sit and, and you get to go home, take off your uniform and become whatever man you choose to be. I can't unzip my back and step out of my skin and be the woman I want to be. And luckily for me, the woman that I want to be doesn't have to fucking do that. But if you are so dissatisfied with your job, you want to know what the fuck you can do, you can find another one. You're not married to that fucking badge. And, You're and, not. And it's all semantics, bro. Like, it's all semantics. So it's, so it's like, fam. And again, when we say Black Lives Matter, it's not, they don't say, no, it doesn't. They say, well, all lives matter. Or blue lives matter. Like, first and foremost, that's like, again, I posted some shit from Michael Che on my, on my story. Me saying all lives matter to Black Lives Matter is like, beloved, coming to me and was like, baby, do you still like me? And I'm like, baby, I like everybody. <laughs> I'm like, all y'all niggas. Like, no, that's not what we're talking about right now. And, and, and I understand, we know some people in the, police, in the police department, both of us, we know niggas who are policemen and police women. We understand. And like, I'm, like, I'm friendly with a couple of them, but it's still like, fam, like, you're not making the change you think you are, baby girl. You're not making the change you think you are, baby boy. Like, if you really want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not here for the, don't, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Don't say, oh, look at the, look at the, you know, the, the, the support. No, nigga, y'all, after, after y'all took that photo op, y'all, y'all started shooting niggas with rubber bullets before the curfew. Nigga, the curfew was at eight. Y'all started shooting niggas at five. Like, don't, don't play with me, bro. Like, don't play with me. And also, side, 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 side point. We've been to the protest in the day. The protests in the day were peaceful. Niggas was minding their business. Niggas just wanted to be heard. I don't know what the fuck happens after curfew. A lot it seems like a lot of people were just there to wreck shit, just come out after curfew. 
it's two different things. It's two different things. It's two different, it's two different movements. But side note, another side note to the side note, and then this will be the last point. If a few looters and, and, and rioters make all the protesters look bad, then tell me how cops only have a few bad apples and we shouldn't judge the entire profession off of a few bad apples. I'll wait. My point exactly. You can't you have keep both waiting, friend, because I ain't got it for you. You, you. you can't have both ways. Oh, look at look at these looters making the whole protest look bad. But 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 the murderous cops in Louisville, Minneapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus, like Columbus, you know, it's Cincinnati funny. and Cleveland have three of the highest ten mortality rates of police brutality in the fucking country, and three of them are in Ohio. But all cops don't. All cops aren't like that. That's not all cops. Again, don't piss on me and tell me it's random, bro. Like, stop playing with my intelligence. You know, I just, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't have that answer. I don't. I have an answer, but I can't say it on public platform because I'll be put on a list. And we don't need that, friend. We need you alive and well. But, <laughs> but I don't have an I answer just, I, for what, what, like what it know. would take. I and like, I keep getting... I feel like I know. I keep getting asked and loops like Alex what, what do you think it will take what do you think what do you think and it's like you know it is just easier to see black people as actual human beings and we could start there because seeing me as a human being means that you'll actually start seeing me for the skin to skin flesh to flesh that you see yourself as so maybe you'll start handling me better and then I realized that that in itself is naivety right so that's not solution based and I find myself I running in circles I think, I think it starts with this honestly I think any person who shoots an unarmed suspect or unarmed person needs to immediately go on, at least go on unpaid administrative leave until they can make the investigation of whether or not it's a good shooter. So, like, don't, don't pay the administrative leave bullshit. Like, if you shoot someone unarmed, you don't get no money until we figure out what the fuck is going on. Secondly, and more, secondly, if you turn off your body camera and then something happens, you automatically get fired. No, don't, 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 don't. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You turn off your body camera and at any point, you're fired. No, fuck that shit. Third, every time there's a pol- an officer involved shooting, it needs to be sent to somebody independent. You... Niggas, they will have officer-involved shootings, which, which officer-involved shooting in general is, is a phrase to kind of dumb down the fact that an officer just shot and killed somebody, but that's neither here nor right. there. Anytime you have an officer-involved shooting, I don't need the police investigating itself. No. Send that shit to an independent investigator so, that does, have, does not have any ties to the police department that is actually actively investigating because that'd be like, that'd be like you committing a crime and me being, and me being the nigga to investigate you. You feel me? Like, you my man. Like, what? I'm going to give you every minute Period. of the doubt. You my so man. It's, just to put, sorry, just to put things into perspective, right? The DA, the coroner, the police, the judges all work out of the same office, all work out of the same pool of funds, all work out, they all work together. George, just to bring it back, George Floyd, there was one autopsy that was granted by the state. And then there was an independent autopsy ran that was paid for by the family. Okay. I implore you to look at both autopsies if you can stomach it. Okay. Just to say that the, the second autopsy ruled George, George's, excuse me, the first autopsy ruled George's death 
it was just a death by pre-existing conditions that were, um, of course, exasperated by his by the circumstances, right? So some bullshit. The second autopsy ruled hit was death by asphyxiation, meaning he was suffocated to death by a prolonged lack of oxygen to the brain due to a blockage. It was ruled. He was choked to death. We all saw it. We all saw it. Okay. Number one, this is why it's important you dismantle the entire thing. Because there is no system when it comes to justice, when it comes to our judicial system, that is not corrupt because they are stacked and intertwined with each other. Like You're not I going to get to, a straight answer. Like, as a district attorney, I require evidence from the police in order to make my case. Nine times out of ten. So if I, so if I have to investigate the niggas who make my cases nine times out of ten, I'm going to take it easy on them because, again, I can't do my job without them. Same thing with the, the judges. Same, they, the judges all get rated based off of their conviction rates, how many people they say are guilty, how many people they say are innocent. So the fact that, like, if my job depends on you, your job, I'm not, gonna be, I'm, I'm not going to be partial. That's, again, that's like the plug in, in investigating one of his dealers. Nigga, y'all both selling the same product. Nigga. Like, the fuck we talking about? That's like LeBron James investigating... Anthony Davis. That's like, that's like Beyonce invest, investigating Kelly. It's like y'all are too intertwined for it to be anywhere close to unbiased. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. We need independent investigations on any, on any officer involved shooting. And I mean like they can't have ties to the police department in question. We need independent. We need, and I need you on unpaid leave if you shoot somebody unarmed until we get this shit figured out. I want you to be broke. Like I want you to be broke until we get this shit figured out. Don't don't just sit at home, continue to collect your checks and not be in harm's way, my nigga. Nah, fuck that shit. Fuck my dick. I need, like, there's so much that we need. There's like a 10-step process of what we need for real, for real, and I can't really say it all on this platform because I need to be more well-versed in, in order to be, in order to spit that, but like the, the bare minimum is unpaid, unpaid administrative leave while we figure the shit out. Independent in- investigation from, 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 from an investigator that's not tied to the police department in question. Those are the bare minimum two things that need to happen immediately. And the third thing is, if you turn your body camera off for any fucking reason, you are fired, my nigga. You are fired. Unless you have expressed written consent beforehand, say you're undercover or some shit. I don't fucking know. That you need to turn your... Don't turn that shit off, off, off the dribble, off the dribble, and expect to keep your job, nigga. No. That's, you, you are destroying evidence. And, if, and destroying evidence is a fucking felony. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. We are protesting in the middle of a pandemic and they are tear gassing us where the cause of this pandemic is it affects the respiratory system. Every couple of hours, I have to remind myself that, Alex, you can't just go out and protest this. You can't risk getting sick because you're in the middle of a pandemic. I have to choose between protesting and protecting myself because we're in a pandemic. And and and, uh, and I know we keep saying we're going to move on, but if you can't be on the front lines because you're high risk, there's things you can do. Um, and and there's bail funds for plenty of cities. So wherever you're listening to this, there's a bail fund probably in a city close to you to bail out the protesters. All fifty there states are... have been documented. Sorry, not to cut you off real quick, because I, I you know me, I like to eliminate excuses. Okay, CNN reported that all fifty states have seen some activity of some type of protest. 
meaning that there is organization going on in all 50 states. All 50 states. And New Zealand, if we have listeners out there, okay? In London, Paris. In, in London, Paris. Like, so basically, long story short. Wherever you are, there's a bail fund. you can do something. There's a bail fund, okay? So I don't want to hear, oh, Alex this and Alex, listen, we are all going through this together. And I understand, not only are we going through this during a national pandemic, but also at alarming unemployment rates. So some niggas really, really ain't got it. You can't go outside and you can't donate because you can't give your last. I get it. If you can do the one thing you can do, my nigga, is shut the fuck up. If you feel like it's not going to be conducive, it's not going to be productive, it's not going to do anything positive for what's going on around us right now, you can sit there, raise up a hallelujah, send a like to somebody who is actually doing the fucking work. Okay, frontline work. When in doubt, shut the fuck up. Because it's one thing to be loud. It's another thing to be loud and wrong. Open your purse. Open your purse. Open your purse. Okay. Anywho, friend, let's get to some lighthearted shit. Um, <laughs> we, just spent an an hour, we just spent an hour and a half of, 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 of heavy shit. We sorry, y'all. We sorry. We are sorry, y'all. But we had to get... Listen, this last week has been draining. Um, speaking of which, so this weekend... Us, you, I, and our great group of friends have decided to hit the road. Um, we are a severe cabin fever. Like, no pun intended. We're tired of being in the house. So we figured if we're going to be in the house, we're going to be in the house in somebody else's state. So we have decided to go on a cabin trip. Not, ca- not to be confused with cabin season. Shout out to that entire team. We miss y'all. Can't wait to see you guys. Um, you know, so we decided to, we rented out an Airbnb in Gatlinburg. It's a cabin, obviously. Um, to get some fresh air, get some of that mountain and that mountain air, a mountain sunrise and sunset, some barbecue, you know what I mean? A little bit of hot tub action, you know, and decided to, we're going to hit the, we're going to hit the road this weekend for it. I'm actually pretty fucking excited. Um, honestly, um, you know, ha- had some conversations in clear, but after this week, you know what I'm saying? We, we all kind of needed to unplug a little bit. So this couldn't have come, yes. this couldn't have come at a better time. I am, you know, I'm yes. sick. We're gonna we're gonna miss some of the protests this weekend. I know we're having like you know, kind of a, a black man solidarity in suits on Saturday. I'm not being suits. I'm being basketball shorts and a t-shirt in another state. But I salute y'all niggas. But it just it was something that um, again, it's okay to take a break. I, I want so for everyone listening to this, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to find shit that makes you happy in the midst of this. Um, if if we talk about doing the work, a part of doing the work is making yourself happy enough to continue to do the work. Like all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy, but all work and no play will actually kill you. Stress levels, the higher they are, the more susceptible you are to illnesses. And in the middle of a national pandemic, that's the last thing you want to be. So it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a day off. It's okay to find joy in something. It's okay. If you need permission from anybody, Diddy giving you permission. It's okay to laugh at some shit. It's all right. So this cabin trip will be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, because I think this is gonna be the, the longest time we've all spent in one roof together ever. Like, you know us. We we are the antisocial extroverts. We like our space and to kick it. Like I will kick it with you for a couple of hours and then I'm like, all right, I'm about to go home to myself. So this will be interesting that all of us in our friend group is spending like 48 hours under the same roof and you know what I'm saying so it's interesting we'll see how it works we'll see how it right. I'm excited because you know what this is the you are absolutely right friend 
But also, I think that as a collective whole of our friend group, the one thing that's true is even when times have gotten heavy, the one thing that we've been able to do is come together. Like, even if it's just for dinner at my house or, you know, actually, the times we come together have been because I said I was cooking. <laughs> but niggas like, be hungry, fam. Niggas be And I be feeding hungry. them. I be feeding them. But like, I just think that even if it's just for that and we need each other right now and i know how much i need y'all like once a week i be needing to be around my niggas like i i need y'all i y'all keep me in a place where it's just like it doesn't feel so bad it doesn't the world doesn't feel so heavy because and i don't know if it's just me that feels this way but when i'm around y'all y'all make me feel like my shit is bearable and y'all shit is bearable because we got all of our hands to hold each other up. Ah, it's really corny. But like, <laughs> <laughs> that was really, really corny. That was you a hallmark head ass nigga. You are. <laughs> you are. We're all the niggas together. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely corny. But it just doesn't feel as like, like, damn, like, this is wherever I'm at in the world, I can find love because I can find it with y'all. And to me, you that know, like we as we find part, love in a hopeless place. Okay, Calvin, fuck. <laughs> so as as nuts as that feels, like I feel like it means the world to me. Like it means that, right? Anyway, so that's what we're that's what we'll be doing this weekend. Um, the men, it's, black it's men still, wear suits. It's still My the bad. same seven niggas that we've been kicking with this entire time. So it's not the like we're seven. not. It's not like we're not socially distant. We're just socially distant. In another state, um, with the same people we've been around this entire time. Um, but no, real quick, shout out to Darian. She's one of the people that is helping organize the um, minute, the men marching suits um, protest th- coming this Saturday. Um, I would like to. I'm gonna try to gather her information to leave her Venmo or Cash App if you want to donate. I know she's still collecting like bottles of water, um, things for bottled water, snacks. Um, you it's know, just PPE resources. It's going to be extremely hot on Saturday, so y'all be careful, uh, especially in them suits. A lot of y'all don't have summer suits. It's fine. That's between you and Ma'am. your God. Ma'am. I'm sorry. It, um, now it's not. The, Alex, read the room. Now, read, read the room. Read the room. Read the room. Read the room. Um, but yeah, speaking of reading the room, I wanted to give you guys an update about the Italian style. <laughs> this is probably really bad. <laughs> speaking of read the room. Um, leave it to me to be dating a white guy during a pandemic and a process. But dating a colonizer. All right. And and we don't call and honestly, we're not dating. We're just we're honestly just hanging out. We're just we're just hanging out. Like it's just it's just it's just hanging out. Um he's really like honestly, he's cool. Like it's really just kind of just we have an idea, okay? We have this conversation, this him and I. Okay, Whenever you start I have having talked. ideas, I get scared. Okay, Tommy Pickles. Like, don't do me like that. But responsibilities. But um, honestly, me and him have talked, and I, we know I don't need nothing serious. He's not looking for anything serious. He doesn't want anything serious either. Like, we talked about it in the past 10 years of his life. Like, he's 34. So for the past 10 years, he's been in a serious relationship. Like, back pretty much consecutively. But Damn, spaghetti, you know, spaghetti, Freddy, a serial monogamous. Oh my God! Did you just call him Spaghetti Freddy? I can't take credit for that. That's all Tana. That's all Tana. That's all Tana rocks right there. But I, that, it was funny. Spaghetti Freddy. 
I regret telling y'all niggas anything. Anything. But we're here now. Um, so Alfredo sauce is actually really, really cool. <laughs> and we really, like, he's not looking for anything serious. I'm not looking for anything serious. We're just hanging out, having a really good time. It's one of those kind of like, see you when I see you sort of deals. And it works. Like, it works. It works out great. I probably won't see him until after we get back from the cabins, obviously. But, um, you know, just, it's working. It's it's working. If you want I don't to know how I feel. Friend, if you, you want to okay. eat some chicken parmesan, friend, I'm here for you. I'm here. You know there are more food groups, more food flavors, choices. Oh, you, you don't want me to get to my, you don't want me to get to my Italian food bag. We'll be here all day. And I don't want to you disrespect just call him because him. I don't want to disrespect him. I don't want to disrespect him. You just called him Garfield. I heard it. No, I and didn't. I, you called him Garfield. I made, I made no mention of, of the five layer lasagna he's going to cook for you afterwards. I made no mention <laughs> of that. That was all you. Okay? I do shit. I regret this. I regret this. Listen, I really I, feel listen. like I should have told you I was dating B-Rabbit. Like, I would get off better than that. No, you wouldn't, because Van 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 Tana would chain up challenge up to a rap battle, and you don't want that. So I don't want that. I don't want that. So, I, I really don't. But no, listen. What what again? We had discussions about like how I feel like you need nothing serious right now. We we everyone knows that because again, like we want the best you for the best time frame, and as long as um buddy, I will not. I don't know his actual. I'm just gonna call him buddy. As long as Buddy understands that and is willing and is okay with that, that's fine. He also has to. You know what? I like, like that nickname for him, Buddy. We'll call him Buddy. Buddy, old boy. I like it. Whatever. No, nope, Buddy. Buddy works. <laughs> Never mind. I almost said some bullshit. Buddy, because You're Buddy really sounds like a nice person. Because Buddy sounds like an extra the Godfather. Is that why you like it? Buddy sounds like I... Buddy sounds like somebody's gonna get you waxed. I'm hanging up. No, the fuck you not. Stay here, nigga. The fuck wrong with you? Listen, but no, up. real, real talk though. I respect any. Listen, because I respect anyone who can who can respect the joke. You feel me? Because again, nine times out of ten, I don't mean these jokes in like harmful manner. I don't mean them in like it's it's talking shit is a love language, which is some of the reason why sometimes it zone me the fuck out when people really be trying to check me on the jokes. Like, and I'm like, and I have to like evaluate myself because I'm like, damn, I thought we were friends. Like, damn, I thought you I thought you were cool enough to like joke with me and joke back, but like you not. So now I gotta stop joking with you, but also Kate, I gotta stop fucking with you like that. Cause like every nigga in my friend circle, we be talking hella shit to each other and it's all out of love. So I have to understand that like some people that's not how they receive love. You know what I mean? That's not how they receive friendship. And I have to I have to try to check myself. But like when I when I find that out, I I don't be wanting to like stop the joke, but I be wanting to stop like hanging with them. Is that a bad thing? You know, it's no, it's not because, honey, I'm not. Listen, shit talk is our love language, and you have to understand that in order to rock with this particular friend group, your skin needs to be a certain amount of thickness. Otherwise, you're gonna constantly be in your goddamn feelings, and I don't have time for that. You know what? That's a different tangent, a different day. I'm kind of going through that with one of my homegirls, and it's just like, sis. You either gonna have to understand how to catch these jokes or find another friend because I'm not, I'm not, I am very sensitive. I'm not gonna hold you. I am a sensitive person. I'm not emotional behind it. However, I am a crybaby. So we'll figure out how that works. Okay. Like it yeah, somehow it, say, it makes sense I, yeah. and it works. Does but it, it makes sense and it works it? somehow. It absolutely does. Calvin, 
First of all, I've never ever not said I wasn't a crybaby. I'm okay. I'm no, no, you have you definitely agree to that. I like I'm not I'm not saying that you have haven't said that you're a crybaby. I'm just saying like how are you a crybaby and also not emotional. I feel like those two are like polar opposites of each other, but that could just be me. It you know it is just you. Trust me, it's just you. It's because it makes sense to me. I get it. I completely get it. Because I am a crybaby, but I will beat your motherfucking ass. We gonna pull. We gonna pull some niggas. We gonna pull our listeners. Can you be a crybaby and not be emotional? Is the question I'm gonna ask. You absolutely can. Because emotion. Listen, I'm going to cry when I'm happy. I'm going to cry when I'm hungry. I'm going to cry when I'm frustrated. I'm going to cry in a chair. I'm going to cry over there. I'm going to cry in a book. I'm going to cry when I look. I am going to fucking cry. Okay? You Dr. Seuss ass motherfucker. <laughs> but all of those are emotions. Me. All of those are emotions, no? No. They are, but tears is how I process the majority of that shit. That don't mean I'm a weak-ass bitch. That means that, like, bro, I'm about to cry, but I'm also bald. You don't have to be a weak-ass bitch to be an emotional-ass one. I'm not saying emotion is you know weak. What? I'm just saying you got emotions. A lot of them. You got emotions and you got <laughs> desires. All right. <laughs> anyway, so shout out to Buddy. I like Buddy. He's a great guy. Hopefully, maybe one day, not anytime soon, maybe table it for next year. You'll get to meet him. I don't want, I just don't want him to kneecap me when he see me. I don't want him to tie your heart in my Bro, he going to beat y'all the last. <laughs> We gonna jump him. He trying to beat me and he win. I'm gonna start jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he if, is he ex-military, so he might. He just uh, might. If he ex-military, I gotta shoot that nigga. I can't go with him with the hands. <laughs> he just gotta. He just gotta die. Like he'll beat my ass. I just gotta shoot him. Like so, I don't want no smoke in that because he'll he'll punch he'll punch me in a way that like I lose feeling it all like my left side. I can't do that. Nah, he just gotta die. <laughs> if he got, he just gotta go. <laughs> Ain't no hand-to-hand combat, nigga. Nigga, punch me in my nose, push my nose bone to the back of my head. I'm good, nigga. Fuck out of here. You know, we we don't have to do that. Speaking of what did not have to go down, actually, so this week in Insecure, Issa and Lauren sat down and had a really adult conversation. I am extremely proud of them, right? So at the beginning of the episode, we see Lauren sitting at the bar, kind of just waiting, and Issa walks in, falls on her ass. Of course she does, right? Because Completely unnecessary. Because it's Issa. Issa gonna fall. Right. Issa gonna fall. Issa gonna, but Issa's gonna do some embarrassing ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. So, but the premise of the episode was them having the conversation that we've been begging them to have since season two. Like, they had the adult conversation. And you know what? Props to, excuse me, props to condolences because she's kind of the catalyst for speaking of condolences. Uh, we all know why she was calling repeatedly. That girl is pregnant. But I'm just putting it Con- right here. Condolences is gonna have a uh, condolences gonna have a comma. Condolences gonna have a comma. Absolutely. Mm hmm. Anyway, they turned, so if, if if they turn this into Melanie and Derwin all over again, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna be if pissed. they make this a Melanie Derwin situation, I'm gonna be irritated. Like I might actually stop watching. Because condolences need to go ahead and RIP that little baby, take it to the delete the chop shop for the deletest fetus, and keep it fucking pushing. Says we don't have time. We don't have time. You know how many problematic statements you put in a <laughs> sentence, nigga. Chop shop, deletest deletest fetus, RIP the nigga. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Says, 
Allie went through that, so you didn't have to go through that, okay? You need <laughs> help. <laughs> you Allie need went through help. that, so y'all didn't have to go through that. But didn't nobody want to hear me when I was speaking facts about this shit, okay? Shit. Pay attention. So, anyway. So, Condoleezza is calling Lawrence back-to-back throughout this entire, throughout their entire day, right? Um, and so we're just like, we, we, you kind of see it happening, but I want to shout out Issa because this is the first time that we see her. Like, I'm glad that they said that we know each other better than continue to just be continuously freakishly awkward with each other. Right. And it gets exhausting watching it. Like, all right, we get it. Y'all Issa's awkward. Issa does not handle mature conversation up until this point. Issa has not handled or had the mature conversations that she needs to have, like her and Molly. Molly's still fucking wrong. But had they both just sat down and spoke to each other, we wouldn't be here right now. Also, we wouldn't have a show. So let them have it. But I'm proud of Issa because she said exactly what we all felt and what we were thinking. You didn't want me. And there wasn't anything that you were going through as a man that I could bring you out of. You didn't want to eat. You didn't want to leave. You didn't want to have sex. You didn't want me in this relationship anymore. And I appreciate Lawrence for reassuring her, saying that, you know, it wasn't that I didn't want you. I felt like less of a man. You were coming and going and had somewhere to be. And I just didn't. Which we all knew, bum. But like. I'm going to let, let you get these points off before I hit you with the rebuttal. But continue. But like, we all knew that. We, we all knew. And I just appreciate Lawrence standing up in his bum nigga ass shit. And admitting that he was a bum bitch for the majority of their relationship. Thank you, Lawrence. Ooh, 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 Go ooh. ahead, Calvin. First and foremost, nigga. Stop playing. <laughs> stop, stop playing. Stop playing the king, Lawrence, nigga. Lawrence hop up 20. Fuck you talking about. Anyway. So Until he got condolences pregnant. Shit, condolence got a money? Shit. Condol- Listen, condolence got money, so if he get condolences pregnant, shit, he got a he got a rich ass baby mama. Anyway, listen, back to my condiments gonna be really sitting here talking about mayonnaise with the motherfucking fries when she find out she pregnant. No, it's gonna it's gonna turn into sriracha. You know them pregnancy cravings got you all types of fucked up. Um, you tell me about it. So, so from Lawrence's side of things, right? So first, you can see the glow up. I want that shirt jacket he got on with the little. With the little hound's tooth, that shit was fire. Um, and so, you know, he he's getting pressed by he's getting pressed by uh Condoleezza, and he's like, you know, I'm out right now. Like, so old Lawrence would have ran to Condoleezza as soon as she was like, hey, can we meet tonight? He'd have been like, he'd have been like, on my way. He was like, no, you wait, I'm busy. I'm uh, and so then he he's the one that kind of breaks the ice with Issa, you know, after she falls on her ass. It's like, look, we know each other. He's the one that says, we know each other too well to continue to walk on eggshells. We know each other. Like, I, I done seen every part of your body. I done seen you. We done seen each other at the lowest of the lows. Like, we know we, come on now, let's not do this. One thing I do appreciate is this is the first time we've seen Lawrence and Issa in a good space. Because when we remember, we, we, got, we get to season one, but already in that dark ass depressive ass state we we don't ever right. see we never saw the highs with them and so seeing their witty banter their corny witty ba- banter back and forth 
know what I'm saying? And how they had like the same humor was amazing to me. I was like, okay, like you, you, you could see why they ended up falling for each other in the first place. So they had that same banter and humor. Right. You, you see how he handles old TSA Bay pulling up. He handles it with. Oh, he with joked about that shit. Like, like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see, he, 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 <laughs> he still had like a, a competitive joking advantage. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, you, you, I pulled up on one of your niggas. You, you hit after me. All right, so it's whatever. I'm going to make some jokes about it because I know I'm still that nigga. Lawrence had conversations with himself when he realized that like, he didn't have to be the ideas guy. He could just execute someone else's vision and be okay, which I think for a lot of us was very prominent and very pertinent. Because in black in black entrepreneurship in black society, we're always told you have to be the one owning the business. You have to be the one right. making the decision. You have to be the one doing X, Y, and Z. And if some and like everybody can't be a chef in the kitchen. Some niggas gotta be waiters. Everybody can't be a leader. Some niggas gotta be the followers. You know, so it's okay. But they all make the business go round. And I'm really glad that you said that. There was another point about Lawrence that okay, all jokes aside, right? Because I think that it's refreshing, but also, sorry, and I hate this and I hate when people do it, but to piggyback off your point, um, I like seeing Lawrence and Issa in a place of peace and in a place of neither one of their lives are blowing up around. Things seem to be progressively successful. You know, Issa's finding her stride. Lawrence has found his stride and their relationship is kind of made its way back around to each other. Now, do we know what this means? No. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if that was get back together sex or closure sex. I don't know what they, like, I don't know what, what the end what of the I episode was. What I think is going to happen is, is Lawrence got his, got his closure nut and about to hightail it to San Francisco. Because he was interviewing, getting some offers and shit. So I think, you know what I mean? But like, Lawrence is also a main character at this point. Like, the story is centered around Issa. But Lawrence is, I look forward, okay. I can't believe I'm about to say this, and especially out loud. But... I look forward to the Lawrence portion of Insecure because without Lawrence's characters, we don't get to see Chad. We don't get to see <laughs> Tiffany's husband. Like we don't get to see, you know and what I mean? There are Molly other characters. Molly has been so boring and draining this entire season. It's like, a, it's a, we low-key need, you know, what? you know, honestly, what's held me on to Insecure this season has been Natasha, um, Kelly's character. And also like seeing Chad again felt great. You know what I mean? Like seeing Chad, like, business isn't doing so well his wife you know he ain't got the money rolling in he didn't gain a little bit of weight you know what i mean like seeing chad in that light is funny as fuck like i i appreciate what lawrence and lawrence's you know um co-characters bring to bring to the show so and i i like the fact that like i was re-watching actually episode two of the season and when lawrence went to chad and what is oh, that woman's husband's name what is his name? Derek. 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 There we go. How could I forget? So when Issa and Condola were talking about, like, you know, breaking the ice about how the awkwardness of them both having an experience or having a relationship with Lawrence, like them breaking the ice and Lawrence being uncomfortable and going to his boys for advice about how to handle that. That's a real ass conversation. Like, that's a real, like, that's a real moment. Because that's something that I could have been there. Doing. Right. Calvin, that's something I can totally see you doing with the problematic pack. Like, nigga, I've you know done what I mean? that. With, I've done that with my niggas. I've done like, listen, the, there's a Drake line for everything. I just see my next, <laughs> I just see my ex girl standing with my next girl, standing with the girl that I'm fucking right now. That's happened to me. Listen, that ain't that big. I'm just like, yo. Neither is Columbus, what? but 
we'll let you're it go. Loud. You're loud. Very loud. <laughs> Baby um, loud. So I'm just like, yo, wait, how y'all know each other? No. And I immediately started hitting like, yo, like help, help, nigga, help. <laughs> and like, look, fam, we got, we got, we got a hot one here. I need you, I need, I need you to keep me safe. Um, and so one thing I did, I did think, um, Lawrence got some closure too, because he was like, why Daniel? And so he was, he was trying to understand, was it why when you cheated on me? Was it right. because of him, or were, was it any? Could it have been any nigga, and you would have done it? Like that's kind of the so. Thing. And I appreciate Issa's candor about that because she made it. She she was honest with him about that. It was Daniel. It couldn't have been anybody else because Daniel, in that moment of time, made me feel like I was some. I was a priority. I was some. I was something to want. And you know, Issa very very poorly handled Daniel in that situation. Like her. If I was Daniel, I would have never spoken to Issa again. Just basically off the strength of how she handled that situation. Now, them being roommates and shit was beyond me. And I think the stupidest shit I've ever seen. But um, genuinely and honestly, like, I felt like this episode was my favorite episode. I, I Arguably, my favorite Insecure episode of all the seasons was this past episode. Yeah, Like, like so I think, far. I think it was, honestly... It was definitely the best episode of the season, and it could be argued that it's probably one of the best episodes they've ever done. Um, so Absolutely. shout out to so shout out to Natasha Kelly character. She actually wrote this episode, so shout out to her. One thing, yeah. I so the shout out to you, Natasha Roswell was absolutely yeah. she did that. One thing and I, I want to ask you, I love her. Yeah, I want to ask you. So in the end, so like in a, like right before the climax, <laughs> no pun intended. When you're nasty, when Issa sees that like Adola's like called. And like, and then it's like, kind of like puts the pressure to like, I don't want to leave. Like, what is your, we've had a fire date. I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't I, like I, this question. What is, we've had a, we've, what is your like, we've had a fire date. I don't necessarily want, I want to get some dick after this, or I want to get some pussy after this. What, how do you try to trans, how do you try to like, set the train in that motion, in, in that motion? I want to know. Woo. Um. I ask about your day the next day. I think, I, I, in, in all Wait, honesty, what? I think. Uh, what? So oh. I asked what you got going on. And so hear me okay. out. Because I think I've only had to, I think I've only had to verbally ask one time in my entire life. I think I verbally only had to ask one time. So I think I asked, like, it was, it was really smooth, too. It was like, oh, well, what are you doing? What do you, what do you got going on in the morning? Oh, I just got to go to work. Or I'm working out or I'm off. And it was like. Oh, well, can I see you out in the morning? And it was just almost like, oh, oh, like it's one of those things where it clicked like I, I would like to see you out in the morning, meaning I would like to stay. But as a woman, and this is a great part about it, as a woman, I've never had to I've never had to propose a question. Like typically men, like if this if the date has been going well and a man wants a nightcap, he'll be like, Oh, like you wanna like grab a bottle of wine and you know, catch a movie at my place or, you know, that sort of deal. Like I have wine at the house. You want to come over for a little bit. And then like we go from there. So for me, I think the one time I've actually had to been like, you know, can I see you out in the morning was the kind of like my unslick way of asking. But I've also dated in my recent like, well, the last time I've dated was, yeah, Columbus. So like, like seriously dated. 
it was on because we lived, you know, an hour and a half apart. It was understood that I was spending the night. So in the majority of the men, actually, no, the men that I've dated since then have all lived out of town for the most part. So it's understood that I'm spending the night, obviously. So, I mean, uh, can, I t- can, yeah. I some play shit? can I tell you some play shit? I got, I got somebody, somebody lay some play shit on us, Calvin. So mind you, I didn't say this play shit. Someone, someone told, someone put the play shit on me. And I was like, oh, so, <clears throat> I, so it was, I remember we went on our date. Like we, we had, you know, I, I kind of like did some advanced scouting to see kind of what shit she would like. And so I was like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. So we did a date. So I remember we at this, um, we at this like Mexican spot, you know what I mean? And we eating or whatever. And, um, and, and she, got, she asked me, can I like take her? Cause again, I drove, can I take her to over to this spot she's got to pick up some supplies I'm like, all right yeah cool whatever you know nice guy calvin hashtag um but then she was like and she just like kind of laid it on the table she's like you know she's like you know we coming you know we coming coming home and fucking after this right i was like oh and so like i want to tell you something like outwardly i was cool as a cucumber right i was like she was like you know we you know we fucking after this right i was like all right cool you know like try to keep it cool all right cool Nigga, internally, nigga, I was losing my shit because I was like, <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Like, I, and I, I remember I, I told her, like, did you know if I got, like, super quiet after that? Because I was like, at this point, in my head, so, like, she tells me, like, verbatim, like, I'm going to fuck you after this. At that point, I know I can only talk my way out of the draw, so I can no longer continue to talk my way into this. And mind you, uh, 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 one of the worst kept secrets about women is they know that they're gonna fuck you from damn near jump. Like, there's, there's, oh, honey, listen, been, not even. Been, there's been plenty of times where niggas have talked themselves. There's been plenty of times where niggas have talked themselves out of vagina versus niggas have talked themselves into vagina. Like, they may have, and they may have not known they were gonna fuck you that particular day. Like, they may, you may have, like, got them to fuck you earlier than they necessarily originally forecasted. Let me be real with you. Summer 2018, I remember it like it was yesterday. (laughs) It was the first real... Summer 2018 was was wild. (laughs) Okay? It was the summer of my divorce, and this is why it was so fucking spicy, because I had been brewing. Like, my inner hoe had been brewing. Okay? So, mind you, me and my ex-husband were together... Okay, we were together two years. We were married for a year and a half. We've been breaking up for a year. If you go by the breakup logic, you've been spending half the time of your relationship, you spend breaking up, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> me and my, the, down, the downward spiral of my relationship happened on actually our wedding anniversary. Long story, another day, another time. Okay. So, by the time May hit, when we actually separated, the hoe and me had been simmering. Okay. Like bubbling, no Anderson Pack, bubbling. Okay, <laughs> I remember the first date I got asked on, as my inner hoe began to unthaw. <laughs> on that date, he ordered one drink, and I said, "I'm fucking tonight," <laughs> and proceeded to have sex with that man the entire summer. <laughs> um, it was no, great. That, so that so that great story time. Was, that story was actually the start of like a year long situationship. Um, you know, because I, I was situation shit poppy. I remember another time, like, so another time. Um, again, like, 
women will tell you this afterwards. It was like, so I remember sometime, like a woman told me that she had like asked her homegirl about me, like two months before she kind of like initiate, kind of initiated like the actual date. She was like, she had saw me out, I think at Copa somewhere. She saw me out somewhere, and she was just like, oh, who is who is that? And her homegirl was like, oh, that's Diddy. He cool, whatever, blah blah blah. You know, whatever rundown she gave him, she gave her. She was like, all right, bet. So she, so she was like plotting like a lion in the woods, and I was a motherfucking gazelle. <laughs> and so then she was like, "Okay, you know, you know, you know, let's get something to eat, you know, whatever, whatever. We'll meet here, you know. I'm kind of we're kind of like working together to like rearrange, you know, arrange our date. And so generally for me, like the question I ask, like if I feel the date is going well enough for me to ask, is like, hey, like, do you want to like come back and watch a movie at my place or whatever? You know, just like." And, and oftentimes, because again, I ask, I ask, do you want me to pick you up or do you want me to meet you there? Because again, I'm trying to be mindful of safety. Like this is the first day you don't know me like that. So like, you may want to meet me there because you know, if it, if it goes oh, left. Oh, first dates, I am absolutely meeting you there. You know absolutely if, meeting if, you there. If, if it goes left. No question. You know what I'm saying? You, you're going to want your own, own transportation. I always ask like, hey, do, what do you prefer? Because as a gentleman, I'm supposed to ask like, do you want me to pick you up? Do you want me to meet, do you want me to meet you there? And I generally try to pick a restaurant that's close to wherever Shorty stays at because again, I want her to be comfortable. So it's like, look, if you stay over in you know Price Hill randomly, you know, dating a woman in Price Hill is an extreme sport. <laughs> um, you stay over at Price Hill, I'm gonna pick a restaurant over over there, maybe in the Incline District somewhere, so you feel comfortable. You know your surroundings. So it's like, all right, cool. Because again, I don't like people coming to my house first time I met them because again. Bitches be scammers. And I realized that a lot of you niggas haven't got robbed. I don't want to get robbed. So I'm like, I don't know you. So I don't got, I need to at least see you in public. I need us to be seen in public together. So if I come and my shit's gone, I need people to see like, oh, he was with that bitch. <laughs> like, again, my own personal thought process of a lot of shit. So I'm like, all right, cool. We go, go for a date. I honestly, I take pride in my first date. I haven't had a first date in a while, but I take pride in my first date because I feel like you at least want a second date with this nigga. You feel me? Because I'm, I'm a good conversationalist. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I, I, under, I come in with the intention, I ain't gonna make you go 50 50 if I'm asking you on the date, all types of shit. And then I'm like, you know, if I feel like it's going really well, I'm like, hey, you know, you can tell, you can kind of pick up hints on whether or not you can get that off. Or if it's like, hey, you know, like, when can I see you again, whatever, whatever, you can pick up hints. I feel like it's going well like that. I'm like, you know, like, hey, you wanna go, like, come back to my place, watch a movie or something, or something, or I got something to drink if you want to, something, some, some, some real calm and casual you know just like hey and if you say yes or you say no i'm cool either way again a nigga like me see i'm cool either way because my validation is not based off of whether i have sex with you at any point especially or whether i have sex with you after this date my validation is not based off that so if you say no you know no i gotta get back or you give me what all right cool bet um you know have a great time whatever whatever but yeah no some players listen when a woman getting her player back, it it will knock a nigga off his feet. Because we're we not used to that shit for real, for real. Women, like, 70% of women have terrible game. Absolute terrible game. Like, because they never had to do any work. You feel me? They've always, they've always had to kind of, like, just get the shit handed to them. They never had to do any work. So when you find a woman who got a mouthpiece on her, who got some game on her, you ain't never stood a chance, my nigga. You ain't never stood a chance. I'll be honest with you. When I turn my game on a little bit, like just a little bit, 
I have men love being treated like bad bitches. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Yes, men pamper me, men pamper me, adore me, compliment me. <laughs> the fuck? Yes. Men love being treated like bad bitches. Like y'all really do. And once you tap into the kind of bad bitch of a man that you're dealing with, dog, and you tap into that shit and you start becoming in tune with his style of bad bitch, girl, you are unfuckwithable. Un you won't be just like, you'll be his favorite girlfriend of all time. And, like, and also, I've had men that you have, a, you, have a, you have, a, you have a titty multiplier, which is not fair. So it's like, you know, in like Super Mario, when you have Excuse like, me? the titty multiplier, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down. So, so you know how like you have double high score and shit, like Scrabble. You 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 land on a certain tile, it's like triple word score and shit. So that this feels okay. <laughs> I don't know how, so, but this feels racist. This <laughs> feels racist. So, so with that, with what's going on, if 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 a woman's gaming you while she got the titties out, while she got the cleavage popping, and she's if she's giving you crazy game. And also, like, every time you look at her, like, her titties are peeking like, hi. It's, a, it's like a double multiplier. Like, everything you say hit harder once you got your titties out. Also. It's unfair. And nine times out of ten, you're going to meet me with my titties out. Not, nine times out of ten, if you met me, my titties were out. Nine times out of ten. They were on full display, honey. Full display. But so I'm over here trying, to, I'm over trying like, to listen to you, but it's also like your titties are saying hi to me. And, like, I want to say hi back, but I know it's not fair because I should be looking at your eyes and not your titties. And so by the time I'm doing all of this, Next thing I know, you didn't talk my pants off. I'm like, how the hell did we get here? Absolutely did. Men love being treated like bad bitches. And what it is, is that, and we, me and you have talked about this a lot before, too. Men will absolutely have no problem spoiling women they know can finance themselves. They know can spoil you in return. Men have no problems. The majority of men I've ever dated had no problems going out of their way for me because they know that I will do for me first. And I have no problems in doing for them in return. None. None. As a matter of fact, they thought it was unattractive when I actually tried to go out of my way for them because I'd already done enough. Like, I've already done the most at that point. So, yeah, like, and, and to be honest with you, I'm a, gener I'm a generous personality anyway. Like, I'm a, me in love, the, me in a relationship, happy Alex is a tricking ass nigga. Like, oh, I saw this from my man. I'm finna go get it. Oh, I want to go on a nice ass dinner date. I'm finna take my man because that's what I want to do. As a matter of fact, I'm taking Buddy to um, out to actually a really nice spot for his birthday because I feel like it. Not necessarily because I know him long enough for him to deserve shit from me. But I want to go on a nice date. It's his birthday and it gives me an excuse to get dressed. Perfect. Isn't Perfect. it an Italian restaurant? It is not. You dickhead. <laughs> you fucking dick. It's deliberately not Italian. <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. I, like, I actually can't wait for him to meet you. Like, I, can't, I can't wait. He gonna want the he, smoke. And and if nigga, he doesn't give you the smoke, I'm cutting him off. And that nigga, no, and that nigga like, you said he has military, so that nigga know how. That nigga know how to kill you five different ways with his thumb. <laughs> I'm in danger. I don't like you. <laughs>, <laughs>, laughs in danger. I, you know, Listen, I don't if like I didn't laugh in danger, who would I be? I'm a black Back. man in America. I'm in danger. <laughs> I'm a black. I'm a black man in America. I laugh in danger every day. I'm I cannot anyway so guys um to our loyal listeners we actually in solidarity with blackout Tuesday we did not we forewent the question of the day um because we wanted to make sure that we stood in solidarity and that you guys knew you know we're shoot your shot pod if you had any questions we're shoot your shot pod 
stands on stands where excuse me where shoot your shot stands and we stand with the people so um there is no question of the day but calvin do you want to end this on a positive note um yeah uh it's fucked up that my first positive thought was burn all this shit down that's not that's not that's not truth be told truth be told um we have a people we have we have a culture we are the black people um um, shout to Oscar, shout to Oscar Isaiah. Um, actually, because he had a super yo, he's trip. funny as fuck. But he had like, a super. He had we've a super, had him he on had the a, pod before. Yeah, he has a super viral treat. That's like people understand how a kid gets bullied. For, a kid gets bullied for four months and wants to shoot up the school, but doesn't understand how an, an oppressed generation for four hundred plus years wants to burn all this shit down. Make it make sense. So honestly, um, my positive thought is. Um, continue to pray for the protesters. Um, continue to pray for the families of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Sean Reed, I, um, Ahmaud Arbery, Atana Jefferson, um, and everyone we who we have lost um, to police brutality and police violence. Um, continue to stay black because being black and being happy is a sign of rebellion in of, in of itself. Continue to stay safe. The coronavirus is still very much out there. I saw you niggas kicking it, like like after the protest. Yeah, like we after... were at a whole protest. We can't lecture anybody about kicking it. No, but like, like we were at a that. whole protest. But like it seems like I want niggas to, again. I think I think niggas have figured out we don't we don't get a second wave if we just keep the first wave going. <laughs> so it was like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was like, well, you know, it's kind of one of the things like if you keep drinking, you never have a hangover. Calvin. <laughs> um, but like, honestly, Please. Hon- in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, um, whatever you can do for the cause, if it's money, if it's time, if it's social media awareness, if it's, you know, whatever you can do um, in order to kind of uplift black culture and black people. We um I, I suggest you do so for whether you are black or not black, um you know there is a place for you in the uplifting and the protection of black people, um and if you do not know where your place is, ask around. Someone will be more than happy to direct you. Um, wash your hands um, for my white friends. Wash because I do have a couple. Stay safe. All that. To my white friends to the people that have personally reached out, to the people that I know who have posted on their social media, to the people that I know I've seen get into actual debates with their family members on Facebook and, and on their Instagram comments, to the, my white friends my, and non-black friends who have gone out of their way to voice their opinions and, and stand in their, and truly stand in allyship. I don't believe in applauding a fish for swimming, but I do believe in recognizing that you are seen as well. And I think a lot of times we call a lot of attention to the people who haven't said a word, both black and non-black, but to the people who have, and, and honestly, you risk your family. We understand racism in your lifestyle and in your household is ingrained and you've risked your family and your, your stance with your family, your immediate blood, because you decided to stand up for black people you don't know because it's the right thing to do. I see you. And I don't want you to think that that's lost in translation or lost upon me or, or my friend group at all. Um, keep doing the right thing because it's the right thing. I didn't say it was easy. We said it's the right thing to do. 
So um, that's my piece. Wash your hands, drink your water, and, and, and take your fucking PTO. Take, if you, I know a lot of places are just ramping back up. That don't mean shit. If you've been working, still working, you got PTO, take that shit. We they, going and, up for Juneteenth, nigga. Oh, yeah. Take your PTO for Juneteenth because I guarantee I'm going to act an ass. And I pray to God, you know what? I plan on being unemployed for Juneteenth, so I will have no excuses. <laughs> Listen. Also, happy Pride. Happy Wait Pride. It's Pride Month, officially. Uh, happy Pride to those of us, who, all of us who sit on the spectrum, all of us who have found our place on the rainbow, all of us who are still searching for our place on that rainbow. Happy Pride. Also, a huge thank you and rest in peace to Marsha P. Johnson. I'll get into my thank you, my official thank you for her next week, but I love you guys. Stay well. Calvin, you got anything? Um, Pride Week, Pride Month wouldn't be Pride Month without Black trans people. Um, so shout out to Black queer people. Black queer people. Shout okay. out to us. So, so they they were the ones that started that. So shout out to them. Um, again, um, take care of your take care of your mentals. Take care of your chicken. Word to Marshawn. Word to Marshawn Lynch. Um, you know what I'm saying? Take care of your people. Health is wealth. Um, it's okay to deconnect. It's okay to disconnect. It's okay to just see things that make you happy. And we hope that if you listen to this two plus hours of this podcast, that we have Jesus Christ, that we have made you happy in some way, shape, or form. We may have pissed you off too, but if you can find some solace in, in, in what we do, we appreciate you. Thank you. It's your boy C. Right. It's your girl, Ali Nicole. Peace. Baby, I'm a toy. I'm gonna stop my spot. You caught a vibe. Shooting shots. Why not? Tell me the thing.